Welcome to a special episode of Just Saying. I'm Joe McCormick, your host. Periodically, I pair two episodes, and this time I'm talking about meetings. They're such a mess. So podcast number 48, Curbing a Culture of Meetings, has been paired with podcast number 70, Meeting Agenda Design. Like I said, meetings are a problem. They're a huge mess, and they're an enormous waste of time. They're too long. There's no clear agenda. There's no stated objective. It's not really clear who the leader is. What are the action items? They're dominant voices. Some people talk. Other people don't. The wrong people are there. People are talking in circles. They're just talking to talk. When you talk to people, meetings are an enormous problem. So I'm pairing these podcasts so that you can step up to change this. Right? It won't change unless you do something. So listen closely. Hope these help. Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick, I'm your host. And today we're going to talk about dysfunctional meetings. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been here before, welcome back. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less, and I'm the managing director and founder of The Brief Lab, where we help you become a lean communicator. Make a bigger impact by saying less, that's the point. The point of this podcast is pretty simple. It's to help you and your ideas stand out. It's to help you become more aware of some of the, the obstacles that you face in being effective and efficient when you communicate every day at work. Today, we're going to talk about the bane of many people's existence, and that is dysfunctional meetings. I ask people, we ask people at the Brief Lab, a question which provokes a very, very interesting and immediate response. What would you think if somebody told you that a meeting was canceled? Think about that for a second. You just get an email, an alert, or somebody just walked by your office and said, hey, uh, the meeting got canceled. What's your reaction? This just happened to me this afternoon. What's your reaction? Think about that for a second. Almost unanimously, people use the word joy. They're happy. Why are they so happy? They want to get work done. There's objectives and things that they're, they're trying to accomplish. Why are they so happy when meetings get canceled? Well, most meetings are mismanaged, and people are sort of helped, held captive in those sessions. Think about that. If you think about it statistically, the, the, the research is staggering about how poor meeting management is. <laughs> 92% of people multitask in meetings. They're thinking and doing something else. 25, there are 25 million meetings a day. Okay? Levels of management from mid-level to upper management, the range is that they spend between 35 to 50% of their, of their time in meetings. Some organizations have a culture of meetings where all they do all day is go to meetings. I remember a client of mine many years ago. All they would do from from morning to to from eight o'clock to five o'clock is just go to meetings. 
And I was working at an agency at the time, and you know, obviously I would go out to see them and we would have a meeting because I would have to talk to my client. But my clients were never available because they're always stuck in meetings. And I, w- I asked somebody one, when do you actually get the work done? And they looked at me like I fell out of a tree. <laughs> they're like, work done? Well, we just go to meetings. I guess they did it before they got into work or later in the evening or maybe never. But they literally went from meeting to meeting to meeting. They would walk around with their laptops and they were like zombies going from meeting to meeting. And this happens a lot, a lot of places where you're stuck in meetings. And what I would like to talk about today is how to, how to, how we, these meetings derail your day and how you can get them back on track. Again, I don't promise to have the answer to all problems with meetings, but I have a point of view and a perspective that the Brief Lab can share with you that could get you to put these things back on track, okay? I mean, the statistics, again, are, are staggering, and there's a reason why so many people react with immediate joy when they find out their next meeting has been canceled. You know, only two-thirds of meetings are, are considered, per, you know, are considered, uh, I'm sorry, two-thirds of meetings are considered unproductive. You know, only a third are considered to be worthwhile or useful. People spend, you know, 23 to 30 hours a week in meetings. In some cases, it's a lot more. You know, so how do you fix that? Well, there's a lot of different ways. You can try to, you know, issue mandates, and there's companies like Amazon and Google and others that are coming up with innovative ways. I I think a big part of the problem is in the design of the meeting itself. We did a podcast on this. Um, It was episode 12 in season one, and it was the topic was, should that meeting have been an email. And I think one of the points of meetings is if, it, if a meeting is strictly for, for your information, there's no need for discussion, it should be an email or presented in a different way. Just write it out in a report, a couple of slides, uh, a snapshot, but and disseminate that in an email with maybe an addendum or like a, an attachment where people could just read it. If you're just trying to inform people but you don't really need people to talk or decide, Meetings should be for discussion and decisions. So I think many of them are doomed from the beginning because of that. So that it's just it's not the right way to communicate. It should be an email. And vice versa. There's other emails that should actually be meetings. Because you need to know what people think and what they what the recommendations are. So here are just some things to think about. We have a module at the Brief Lab and it's about facilitating a meeting. And it's one of the modules in our catalog. So if you go online and you look up our curriculum and you download the catalog, you'll see that module. It's something that we can, we're going to do a webinar on that um, coming up. So check the website. I'll talk about more of that, more about that at the end. And it's a free webinar. So here's some thoughts. First is, what's the point of the meeting? If you're organizing it, even if you're not, challenge that. So what's the point of the meeting? First thing. We talk a lot at the Brief Lab about speaking in a headline, right? The headline of this is, you know, dysfunctional meetings and how they derail your life and how to get it back on track. So I would challenge you to write specifically using the criteria that we have in in creating a headline is it's got to be short, so maybe in eight words or less. What is the point of the meeting? Um, Does it create some interest in attending the meeting? And does it define what you're going to talk about and achieve. Uh, recently, one of my clients 
you know, was they were complaining to me that they had a, some, uh, a, re a meeting that w didn't go, go so well. So I started asking some questions about what happened. And I'm at, I, the first thing I asked was this point, well, what's the, what was the meeting about? And they said it was about um, a discussion about a culture of entitlement. And that's kind of an interesting topic, but does it, it doesn't really define what they want to achieve. So when I pressed a little bit deeper, the reason it failed was because it's, it's clearly stated objective. The point of the meeting wasn't stated. It was too broad. So there's no way that they could have accomplished that discussion in 90 minutes, and it clearly like they went on and on, and the whole thing just derailed. So what I challenged them is, you know, maybe could we have created a headline that said, we're going to identify the three top causes that produce a culture of entitlement, or we are going to create two recommendations to improve you know, how we tackle this issue. So it makes it more specific. So that's the first thing. What's the point of the meeting? Write a clear headline for that. It only takes a minute or two, three at the top, at tops, in my experience, to create a headline. That's the first thing. Second thing, who gets invited? Right? Who gets invited? Who are the participants? You know, there's a cost for everybody to be there. Everybody who who's in the meeting, what is their role? What is their responsibility? Why are they there? Why do they need to be there? You know, and and, and challenge that. You know, you. People often invite people to meetings just to have them hear things. Everybody should have a role in the meeting. They shouldn't be there just listening and observing. A guy recently was telling me that he was invited to a meeting and he was giving an update to his client. And the client invited somebody to sit in the meeting and this was a, su a surprise invitation. So this friend of mine, Peter, is giving an update to his client, and his client says, hey, Peter, I just want to let you know that there's going to be this guy that's going to come in the meeting, and he's not going to say only three words, and two of them are his name. So Peter sat there and talked to his client, and it was kind of weird. It was the client, this person sitting there watching the conversation, but he didn't say anything. And at the end of the meeting, it was it, the whole thing was awkward from beginning to end, according to Peter, and at the end, um, they were walking out the door, and then this... This third person was started talking to Peter on the way out about what he does, and he started sharing some of his his background and his skills. And it turns out that he does a lot of the same things, only leading Peter to, to think, was he there interviewing to take my job? Like, what was the point of him? So, when you invite people to the meeting, what is the point? Think about the guests. Who are you inviting to the party? What do they add? And be critical about that. That's a huge issue. People just copy everybody just to cover the bases and they over invite you know I, I think that the thinking of your guests is so important in in, in an age of like as, as an entrepreneur doing it I mean everybody's time is super valuable so when you work at big businesses you'd be out of the cost of having all those people in the same room it's staggering sometimes so really check over the invitation list that everybody has a responsibility and a role in the meeting the third point is how much time is this going to take there's a tendency to round up, in my experience, you know, we'll, we'll just give this an hour. It happens to me all the time. Things get put on, on my calendar, and it's like, what time does it need? Sometimes, you know, we round up. Other times, we round down. You know, what is the, the, the right amount of time? And, and you can't make that decision if the first point and the second point aren't addressed. So if you don't know what the point of the meeting is, and you don't know who should be there, well, then how do you know how long it's going to take? So if I have 15 people in a meeting and 
the topic is really broad, and I say it's going to be an hour, those, that's a reason why meetings derail. It happens all the time. So check the time. Um, give it the right amount of time. And you know, challenge yourself. Cut them in half if you can. Right? And how can you make it shorter? The fourth point. The fourth point is create an agenda and create a recap of the meeting. What do I mean? If you're familiar with brief maps, brief maps are really powerful tools to communicate clearly and concisely. They're also powerful tools to organize and develop an agenda. So if you think about a brief map, in the middle you have the focal point, the brief box, which is the headline, and that's where you would write, what is the point of the meeting? And if you look at the map, you know, box number two, which talks about the background, is there any background information or pre-read that people need to do before they go in the meeting? That's part of the agenda development. So that can help prepare people so you don't have to bring everybody up to speed. That background is already done in a pre-read. Box number three is the relevance. Why are we having this meeting? What risk or reward are we having in this? if we have this meeting and we don't have the meeting? A answer that question. We are having it to make a decision. We have it because we need to go deeper. If we don't do this, we what risk do we run? If we have it, what reward can we gain? Answering that question specifically and stating it explicitly can be hugely important to people. People don't do it. Box number four, the information, those are the bullet points of the key ideas. That's your agenda. What are the discussion topics and how much time are we going to dedicate to those things? Lay out the rules of engagement. Tell people, okay, we're going to be talking for an hour. This is what we're talking about. Box number one, box number two, is the background to proper you box number three is this is why we're talking about it here are the things we're going to talk about the rules the agenda and box number five which is the the ending this the what's the what is the goal that we're trying to drive towards in this meeting in some cases you might have to have a series of meetings but each one of them should have a very specific objective and then box number six is the follow-up is what are the action items or in the military like the do outs that you would have in a meeting using a brief map is a great way to prepare an agenda and to recap what we covered okay so that we stay on track we don't derail it can improve the quality of the meeting of the exchange so we can we can really make a bigger impact and one of the things that I I, uh, I see time and time again in the work that we do is the importance of preparation one of the biggest contributors to meetings being a failure or not being effective is that people don't take time to prepare them. They just call them, they invite people, but they don't think it through. And it takes a few minutes to do this, but the impact can be significant. They skip that step of preparation. There's no wonder that the meeting was a waste. Now, if you think about that on a day-to-day -day basis, that could be the difference right there. It's just taking a little bit more time to prepare. As somebody said to me in a course recently in North Carolina at the, at the Brief Lab, they said, you know what? Big takeaway. It takes time to be brief. Well, it also takes time to make the meeting better. Okay, so just invest the time. That's 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 the key, right? So we're gonna have an open webinar on this. It's coming up. So just check the website. You'll look for your email. We'll be sending email invitations to our our, uh, our subscribers about this the webinar about managing meetings and making them more effective. Um, Look, so look for that look, look for that invitation forthcoming. So the next meeting you run, here's some advice. The next meeting you run, tell people, you if you want to really make the meeting good, the next meeting you run, tell the people, everybody in the meeting, that you want somebody to write the meeting summary at the end of the meeting. And you'll tell them who it is when the meeting's over. Just saying.
Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick, your host, and today we're going to tackle the topic of meeting agenda design. If you're new to the podcast, it's really great to have you here. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. And I'm the managing director and founder of The Brief Lab, where we teach professionals how to master concise communication. And the point of this podcast, why I do it, is to help you become a clear and concise communicator. And a huge part of that is how ineffective people are in meetings. And that's what we're going to tackle today. The point of this podcast is to fix the things in your life that are broken when it comes to communication. And a huge, huge time drain on people is sitting in meetings all day long. How can we regain control of this area of our life? I'm excited about talking about this because I, I hear this from people time. They just continually complain about this culture of meetings. We ask people in our courses, what would be the first emotion that you would feel if somebody canceled a meeting? And the immediate response is joy, relief. So what would, it, what would we need to do in order to fix this broken um, moment, <laughs> for lack of a better word, or moments? So meeting agenda design ironically spells the word mad. So it's not don't get mad, get mad. Okay. Meeting agenda design. So that's there's two versions of that word. We're going to focus on the good one. Meeting agenda. So a big resolution is to change the culture. How do we do that? Well, the first thing is just a couple things to get them off the table is meetings are meant for discussion and decision, not for just information dissemination. We have to challenge conventions and find better ways to get people to consume information. If you don't need them to respond to anything for feedback or any discussion, we should probably be finding different ways of getting that information out. I was in a meeting not that long ago with a bank in Chicago. It was a 30-minute conference call. The point of that meeting was just to introduce people. There was no discussion. There's no decision. It was just to let people know who was going to be in the next meeting. It was absurd. It should have been an email, five minutes. I later found out that that organization has a, a significantly higher cost structure than other ones. They're competitive, nearest competitors. What a huge surprise. That's how they do their meetings. What a huge waste of time. We're going to change that. We need to change that. So they're for discussion and decision, not just for information dissemination. Okay. Another thing I just think we need to consider is many times meetings are part of a series of meetings. So we need to be realistic what can be tackled during the time that we have together. So you can't have a discussion or get to a decision after, unless you have a series of meetings. So each one of those pieces need to be tighter to get us to the end goal. If you find that the meeting isn't designed the right way and it's part of a, whole, a series of meetings, then what you'll find is you're spinning your wheels. You end up having the same discussion over and over again, and you, you're not getting any traction. You're not getting anywhere. So we're going to address that. How do we fix that? And then the last consideration is are just meetings that are just on the calendar all the time, like staff updates or meeting check-ins that are just that seem to be um, an ongoing waste of time. You know, I want to challenge those too because I think that those aren't any different. They still need to have a, an agenda. They still need to be designed to make people's time um, well spent. And finally, another just consideration before we dive in is people's roles in meetings. Why are they there? 
Are they defined? I, I worked in an agency where everybody's time is billable to the client. If you'd invite 10 people to the meeting, the client's going to get a bill for all that time. It's not free. So if you add it all up, billable rates times the length of the meeting, and then you put it on an invoice, it makes that very real to people if that was a good use of time or not. We need to think about it the same way. People work in environments where they don't think about the cost of the meeting. Everybody has a cost. Add it up. Like that conference call I mentioned, it was a half-hour conference call to introduce people. Nine people, 30 minutes, 270 minutes wasted time. There's a cost to that. Okay, So let's dive in. We're going to use a brief map to design meeting agendas. So if you're, I'm assuming that you're familiar with the brief map. If you're not, I would like you to go to thebrieflab.com and download one. If you can't do, you don't know what one is and you, and you can't go to the site right now, I'm going to just, to the best of my ability, describe one. So what I want you to envision is a blank piece of paper with seven bubbles on it. There's a center bubble and then around it, top of the top of the page is box number one, which is, the, the, the boxes around the center bubble spell the word brief, by the way. So the box on the top, let's say it's north of the center bubble, is B for background. Clockwise, right just east of that center bubble is R for relevance. Below the center bubble is I for information. That's, that's like due south of the center bubble. Then southwest is the E bubble, which is the ending. And then northwest or the top corner clockwise is F for follow-up. So it spells the word brief, brief background, relevance, information, ending, follow-up. It's a systematic way to design the meeting. So let's just dive in about how you do that. Let's start with the center bubble. In the middle is the point of the meeting. That's not the topic of the meeting. It's the point of the meeting. What is the stated objective of the meeting in eight words or less? Recently, I had a client of mine, they had a failed meeting that was 90 minutes long, and they, they were talking about, a, it was a discussion, of, and the topic was a culture of entitlement. It's not a tight enough stated objective. They had a discussion about the culture of entitlement. It should have been identifying the three causes of the culture of entitlement. So that needs to be very specific, very well worded, where the purpose is stated up front. Once you've done that, you're going to go to the top, which is B, the background. This is how you prepare for the meeting. Two ways. One is the participants that are going to be in the meeting. Who needs to be there and why? What are their roles? And the second is, what is the preparation for the participants, either things that they need to be doing or reading before they show up to the meeting? That's often a huge cause of, of waste of time as people come to meetings unprepared and people come to the meeting that don't need to be there. People can't do that. If you're a participant, you should be asking, what do I need to do to be prepared for the meeting? Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't have time to prepare because I'm in meetings all the time. I'm trying to change that. If you have better meetings, you can save time on your calendar so you have time to prepare. People should be prepared. So that's the B, the background box. Who's going to be there and what do they need to do to prepare? Moving clockwise down, you have the relevance. Simply stated, I want you to write a short sentence, eight words or less. What is the risk if you don't have the meeting? Let me use an example. This, let's say the stated object, objective of the meeting is to come to a final decision on next year's budget. The relevance box should stay, well, if we don't do this, what risk do we face? We, can't, we are not authorized to spend money. It's going to stop operations. People need to understand the risks that you face. Write that out. Continuing down clockwise, 
I for information. This is where you insert the agenda items. I want you to list what is the, the steps in the meeting of what you need to discuss and how much time is allotted for each. Now, as you add that up, that will give you an initial idea of how much time you need to spend together. If it seems like too long of a time, you might need to break the meeting into parts. You would need to then change the stated objective and then change the preparation of what or who needs to be there. That will give you an, an opportunity to make an adjustment in terms of the, of the meeting. So now you've stated, okay, this is what each of us need to do at each moment in time to get through the agenda with time allotted and then continuing clockwise, you've got the E box, which is the ending. I just want you to write here, what does is, what is success look like? Success look like at the end of this budget meeting is, is we're, we're excited about getting, you know, starting next year or whatever that stated objective, what does success look like? Write that out. And then F, follow-up. Follow-up is what are the next steps, do-outs, um, assignments coming out of that meeting? So quick summary. Brief map, meeting agenda design, in the middle, stated objective. What is the point of the meeting? Clockwise, background, who needs to be there? What are the roles? And how do people need to be prepared for the meeting? R for relevance, why are we there? What's the risks that we run if we're not? Um, if we don't have the meeting at all, I for information, what are the agenda items, specifically the, the bullet points of what's going to be discussed and how long, and then the E is the ending, what does success look like, and then the F is the follow-up. At this point, you've got a brief map of the meeting agenda design, and then what I want you to do is I want you to type it up into an agenda and then send it, publish, and disseminate it to everybody who's going to be in the meeting. This is really important. People should not be seeing the meeting agenda uh, meeting agenda when they're walking into the meeting. They should see it in advance. Give people a chance to prepare. Now, if people come to the meeting and they're not prepared, you should be, as a meeting leader or participant, be willing and ready to ask for people to reschedule the meeting. It won't be effective if people aren't prepared. Okay, Do that. Whether you're the leader or the participant, Okay, there's rules for how to lead meetings, but there's also rules to how to be a better meeting participant. And one of them is people need to come prepared. And people don't. That's why meetings are often a waste of time. It's not only that people don't know what you're discussing, what the agenda is, but people just aren't ready. Too many people in the room? Yep. Too much time? Yes. Um, really vague point of the meeting? Yes. But even if those things are really tight, people still show up unprepared. Don't let them do that. So that's it. That's the basic way to design a better meeting agenda. If you do this, meetings will be significantly better. Now, once you have this, what I want you to do when you run the meeting is when you kick off the meeting in 60 seconds, I want you to use the map and your agenda and to summarize, this is what we're all here to do. It sets the stage. It gets people's head in the game. It helps them focus on what is going to be tackled for discussion or for decision in that time that you have spent together. And hold people to the time. Okay? Don't, don't bleed over. So that's it. That's in a subsequent podcast, I hope to tackle how do you use a brief map to recap or summarize the point of a meeting. But for the sake of today, this is how you fix it, by building a better meeting agenda. Okay, so as I said earlier, people get mad. So meeting agenda design, right? Don't get mad get mad. Just saying.